Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review the 1980 musical drama, Fame. Do you want fame? Well, we wouldn't mind some. So please be sure to like, share, and subscribe on every platform that you use. We're going to live forever. Okay, let's get into it. Let's, I, 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 shared that with James, I shared that with James earlier, and he just humors me. He just laughs at my... <laughs> That's that delusional love. I love delusional love. Okay. My favorite let's thing. It. Let's get into it. Okay, fame. 1980, okay? It was directed by Alan Parker and written by Christopher Gore. This film made $42 million against a budget of $8.5 million, and what? it received a ton of awards and nominations, including an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Motion Picture, a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, Fame, and two Academy Awards for Best Original Song, Fame, and Best Original Score. And actually, James and I were watching a little, um, some background videos, and we learned that this movie was the first time that at the Academy Awards, there was two songs from the same movie up for best song, a best original song. They had, um, Fame was nominated, and so was Out Here On My Own. And Man. Irene Cara sang both of those. Either way, she was going home with something. Love it. And so that movie That's was awesome. also inspiration for a TV show, Fame, that ran for six seasons. Oh, you didn't like the show? Wasn't your jam? Okay. <laughs> the movie was also inspiration for a TV show that ran for six seasons, which included several of the movie actors. Um, there was a stage musical that has been staged all over the world, ran for a long time in the UK. I mean, this is since the 80s and as recently as 2019 in the UK. Okay. Wow. Uh, a movie remake was released in 2009, and some attribute the success of some of these recent, recent shows and movies like High School Musical, Glee. People attribute their success to fame movie in the fame TV show. And y'all get ready for it. In April 2023, there was an article on Deadline.com, and they basically said that, um, you know, there is talk in MGM about uh doing now a new franchise with uh fame a new a new television show uh for based on fame so long story short it lives it lives okay <laughs> and then um according to an article on shondaland.com that was basically about celebrating the 40th anniversary of the movie um they said and this is a quote that the show and the movie together, quote, inspired the inception of performing arts high schools all over the globe, end quote. Wow. So I tried, I did a Google search to try to validate that or to get us some numbers, you know. I was like, um, you know, performing arts schools, you know, quantity over time. You know, growth of performing arts, like I did a couple of Google searches I couldn't find because I wanted to know the numbers. You know, yeah. how many performing arts schools were there in 1980 and the United States versus now? Anyway, I couldn't find it quickly, but I it was on Shondaland.com, which leads me to believe it was a, a well-researched, vetted statement. So anyway, for some, this collection of facts would be enough 
to consider this movie a classic. Uh, but today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We will do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol that we will pick especially for this discussion. But we gotta start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright, I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright, I'm the middle. I am Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. And I'm Skylar Jorsling, and I'm the cutest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, if you're new to our podcast, this is my eight-month-old daughter, and I didn't mean to invite her to this portion of the podcast today, mm. but she wanted to be here, clearly. So, That's it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So let's pick a voting symbol for today's show. And I I have one, and it's it's it's, it's pretty awesome. Skylar loves well, it. That's good, because so I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> Bro, you don't have one. Okay, here we I go. Guess. Maybe a Ambien. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so so our regular viewers and listeners know like normally <laughs> Aubrey will bring in ideas that are like the iconic imagery, you know, um from the 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 content. I'll come up with something that's a little bit more like about the themes and Brittany doesn't prep. She allows <laughs> the spirit to just use her real jazz. time. It's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And so my idea, y'all, is for and Skyler loves this. She's so do you see how excited? The voting symbol I would like to recommend <laughs> is a hot lunch. <laughs> could you turn could you turn your mic off right quick? <laughs> could you mute it real fast? I'm sorry. Oh it's it's a hot lunch. There's something happening in the background. Oh <laughs> my gosh, you guys, your enthusiasm is overwhelming. Thank you for that support. So um, <laughs> why a hot lunch? Well, because a hot lunch is something that was provided by this school, by this performing arts school that the students needed and couldn't necessarily get elsewhere. Okay. Um, and in the song, and this is so important, if you listen, if you like read through the lyrics of the song, the lunch is not free. The hot lunch is not free. There's a line in the song where, where she's... Um, Irene Cara is singing. She says, shady, Sadie, shady, Sadie, serving lady. She's a serving lady, but don't pay her no mind, no. She'll take every dime. She got a one a day lunch. It's good for all the bunch, yeah. Listen, what is she talking about? She is talking about, listen, you want something? You gotta be ready to pay for it, okay? And this is where you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it from Shady Sadie. To me, it just felt like it It really was analogous with, with, with the movie. The other thing about Shady Sadie in that song is that she's capitalizing on her moment, okay? This is, this is one time per day where all eyes are on her, okay? And, um, and that's really what, what is fame? Fame is, is being the focal point, getting the attention. Um, and you know, the other thing, so even if you kind of move away from the, the lyrics of the song, the actual moment where that song is performed in the movie, it's a moment of spontaneous performance. You know, all of the, the children who are just brimming with, with creative energy, you know, they just, they're together in a, in a, in a, a, a non- um, planned moment and they find themselves just using their various crafts to just celebrate together so that's another reason why i think hot lunch <laughs> could be our <laughs> this, is how, this is how skylar shows excitement 
Calvin wants is... a hot lunch right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is isn't she even cute when she's crying and upset? Oh, that's because she's faking. Are you faking? She's faking. <laughs> you are faking. Okay, and look, I just have to point out while she's up here, she has on a shirt that says "Emerging Artist." We put this on specifically for the podcast <laughs> because Skyler wants fame. Okay, <laughs> and we got this shirt at the Whitney Museum here in New York. Um, but we just love it. She's an emerging artist. How sweet! Okay, so that's my recommendation for voting symbol. Already got her career path. Oh, right. well, she she's multifaceted. She's also working on a book. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so many things. So, oh, the pressure of being denied. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 up for an Olympic medal uh, in the nationals and nationals and <laughs> multiple sports. Uh, so. I thought I saw her name on the pull the surprise list. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. She's totally <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so what? So, bro, you didn't come up with any. Uh, and, and, and I did. I did. I was the whole show. I was trying. I, I just didn't. I, I, at first, I I thought leg warmers just to be funny mm. or whatever. But it is the eighties. Well, plus you know, what I mean, in the show they were dancers yeah. wearing wearing that type of stuff. So, bro, but, um, you just you didn't even mean to, but you just led it to some trivia. People often attribute like the the leg warmer craze of the eighties. They attribute it to flash dance, but it was actually this movie that kicked it off. Well, there you wow. go, leg warmers. Mm-hmm. There's my idea. Boom! <laughs> I love it. What do you got, sis? Someone doing like I don't know what really what it's called, but it's like that high kick where your back is bent all the way and then your mm-hmm. leg is straight up. So someone doing that type of whatever it's that called a, it's called a bend back leg uh, kick they, that's, they, I recommend a bend that's back a leg up term. kick <laughs> but straight up we all know what you're talking about when you yep. say bend back leg yes. because whatever his name is that played the one guy I couldn't read listen Leroy Leroy, Leroy, Leroy actually is the person I'm thinking of that would be my mm. symbol Le- uh, so you know wow. any dance step that Leroy did that is what I'm talking so the, my my recommendation is Leroy okay alright <laughs> so this is a little bit of a spoiler y'all we actually are, have a guest coming in just a few minutes to join us on the podcast this is the first guest in the history of The Right Perspective <laughs> and it is none other than James Joyce playing. so I'll Ooh. introduce him more fully later but I think because James, he's from New York. He he was he actually auditioned at that high school, okay, wow. and got in. So James, from off camera, which voting symbol do you like? Um. Okay. <laughs> sounds nice. <laughs> he started out with a supportive statement for me. Yeah. Hot lunch sounds nice. <laughs> but I think it went deeper. I think you went. Too far. Not far, too far. Okay, so right, she passed the exit on the highway. So, <laughs> we're simply talking about symbolism. Those high kicks were done with leg warmers on. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, that that's a Britney methodology of putting all the the potential voting together. I'm not about to say a high kick, hot lunch. Okay, while wow, you're holding. The hot plate, because that's what I they were doing. Plate. 
in that one scene. And then also, <laughs> I'm I was kind of sort of there. I was a kid, but I was there. It's got to be the leg. Leg warmer. Let go. That's symbolic with that dancing. You can you can get cute and say kick into the sky. You know, reaching all those things, but symbolism. It's got to be the leg. Well, I'll I'll take it. I'll take I'll it. Take you it. know, I love tying in some of our trivia to the voting symbol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fame must get three sets of leg warmers. Uh, otherwise, and when we vote at the end, otherwise it will not be considered a classic from the right perspective. Ooh. All right, yeah. Okay, so now let's do a quick recap. And guess what? This movie is unrecapable. I don't care what Un anybody says. Recap. It cannot be recapped. So Listen. instead, you know, I kind of <laughs> I just did kind of like a, a rundown. It's you know, so you know, it, it fame takes place in the late 70s at the high school of the performing arts in New York, and it follows a group of eight kids from their audition through their senior year and graduation. Attending this school is clearly a big deal. Kids have come from all over New York to audition and the faculty are not there to play, okay? You don't need professional training to get in, but you have to have real talent in acting, singing, or dancing, okay? And then beyond your creative major, there's also an emphasis on academic rigor. So, you know, again, not going through the movie chronologically, but let's just talk through each of the main kids, okay? So accepted in the drama department are Montgomery McNeil, Doris Finsecker, and Ralph Garcy. Montgomery McNeil, played by Paul McCrane, he's the child of a celebrity actress that we literally never see. And he's basically a latchkey kid. He basically lives alone. He's been in therapy for a long time. And he eventually has come to understand that he's gay. He doesn't seem to struggle in school in terms of his classes, but socially he seems to struggle a bit and he does uh, he does ultimately find a best friend. And he also does over time become friends with a guy that used to bully him. Doris Finsecker played by Maureen Teefy, she is she's the person that is Montgomery's best friend, okay? And she, I think of all of the characters, she evolves the most over the course of the film. She starts as like a shy Jewish girl, almost afraid of her own talent, okay? Her mother is so over, overbearing and controlling every part of her life. By the end of the movie, she's a confident, self-possessed young woman. And she, she actually changes her name to Dominique DuPont. And she becomes a risk taker. And she begins to, you know, create boundaries with her mother. Raul Garcia, who actually he goes by Ralph Garcy, played by Barry Miller. Um, he's clearly struggling with how to be authentic in his Puerto Rican heritage. He has to take care of his little sisters in the evenings because it seems his mother's probably working. He is the person who was Montgomery's bully turned friend. Um, and he's an aspiring stand-up comedian. He starts to get some positive momentum as a stand-up, but the pressure of that, the family stuff, you know, working at night, it all leads him to a substance abuse problem. And where does he get the substances? Well, that's a great question. It's Montgomery's prescription from the from his therapist. Okay. So that those are the main kids that are in the drama department. 
In the music department, we meet Bruno Martelli. He's played by Lee Carreri, and he's admitted to the school as a pianist, but he's really a keyboardist, which is different, okay? Because he's very much into synthesizing, okay? He likes electronically generated music and music production. You know, he's essentially, he's bored, okay, with basic music classes. He lets them know, okay? And at least one of his teachers, played by Albert Haig, um, the character's name is Mr. Sharofsky, resents him, okay? Fortunately, though, Bruno has parents that believe in him so deeply that they're very working class, but they use every cent they have to buy him equipment. And Bruno, his classmates, um, you know, believe in him for sure. One classmate in particular named Coco, she believes in him so much. They end up recording music together. And listen, she has big plans for their future as a creative team. Coco's a great segue to the dance department. So Coco Hernandez, played by Irene Cara, she is in the dance department, but she's really a triple threat. She can sing, she can dance, she can act, she can do it all, okay? And she knows it, all right? And that confidence leads her to do well in school and to have great relationships with classmates. She might even be a popular girl. You don't know for sure, but there's at least that big lunchroom scene where she leads the whole school in a jam session, you know? And so you get a sense that she's a popular girl. But that confidence is serving her so well in that environment, you take that, you combine it with just her general naivete, and that's what led her to believe she had actually been discovered, quote unquote, when a sleazeball walks up to her and invites her to be in his film, which turns out to be low budget porn. Lisa Monroe is also in the dance department, and she has apparently been dancing her whole life. And it really is her whole identity, but she's never been great at it. And as one of her teachers, Miss Berg, played by Joanna Merlin, points out, she doesn't even really work hard at it. And so when Lisa finally accepts that she is not going to be a dancer, she joins the drama department. But frankly, you don't get a sense that, that she's going to excel there either. You know, Leroy Johnson, played by Gene Anthony Ray, is also in the dance department. He's the last kid that's, that's really featured. And he kind of made his way into the school on accident. He attends auditions to help out a friend and ends out outperforming her. And of course, they kind of move him into the audition and he goes quite willingly and happily, happily. And he gets admitted for dance and he excels in the dancing program, but he struggles in the academic classes because he can't really read. You get a sense that he might be semi-homeless and he doesn't really have a support system. By the end of the movie, he's the only one though with a firm offer on the table. He's been invited to be a part of Alvin Ailey. He also seems to graduate, even though his English teacher, Mrs. Sherwood, played by Ann Mira, threatens him all the time. If you don't do your work, you're not going to pass. So throughout the course of the movie, we meet other kids as well, including one that was doing so well in school in terms of his performance, he was actually recruited by agents to leave high school and go to Hollywood, only to end up working as, back in New York as a server a few years later in a restaurant. We also met a ballet student that was clearly headed to a masterful career, um, but she got pregnant and and she was, okay, let me, let me try that again. We also met a white ballet student that was clearly headed to a masterful career, but got pregnant while dating a black guy as a stunt for her parents. And she ended up having to get an abortion to keep her professional trajectory. So you get little slices of, of, of other students as well. 
by the end of high school, none of the kids have necessarily succeeded or failed, but they have definitely grown and you get a sense that opportunities are available. And so frankly, every possibility still exists by the end of the movie. The end. That's, that's a, yeah. How else could you make that? I mean, Listen. you know what I mean? And I would have left a couple of them kids out. So <laughs> the only other way you could have done it is said this was what happened freshman year. This is what happened sophomore year and yeah. so forth. But you had I mean, I didn't, was for me, it would have been like kids for each year. And it was exactly like, uh. that's too much. Yeah. I mean, I can well, only think I could think is like it was a movie about kids in a performing art school. <laughs> And their yeah. various trials <laughs> and tribulations. Okay, that, man. Perfect, perfect opportunity to introduce who? Our very first guest on. This is, we've been four seasons, y'all, talking about the possibility of having <laughs> guests, and we're finally doing it. And our first guest is James Jorslang. Oh, you want to hear a little bit about him? Okay, sure thing. <laughs> so, James, he is an actor of the stage, film, and television. He has been on, you know, uh, shows like The Wire, Law and Order, The Affair. Um, he was lead in Randall Dotton's Academy Award-winning short, A Alike. He's been on stages in New York and in regional theaters all across the country. And a play that he wrote, A Loft Modulation, actually ran off-Broadway and was nominated for many awards. And he also wrote the script for Grammy nominee Gerald Clayton's Sprawling Awar. Did I pronounce Awar right? Oeuvre. <laughs> Sprawling Oeuvre. Piedmont Blues, A Search for Salvation. And it's actually touring the world right now. It's been touring the world, I think, since 2017, if I recall correctly. And so relevant for us today, James is Br Brooklyn born and raised, okay? So this whole phenomenon of the high school of, of the performing arts, James was actually there and he was there as a, a young aspiring performer. So we thought it was the perfect time for us to bring in a guest, none other than James Jorsley. <laughs> come over. Yes, come on over. Skylar? We'll see. Next to you, how do we do this? I pulled in a chair, a kitchen chair. Uh, <laughs> hey, folks. James, welcome. <laughs> a ghost of the podcast. Because oh, maybe Scotty is behind your set name. The light. Oh, okay. Well, is that good? Yeah. Because I didn't set the light up for a glass. Good for me. Good for me. Um, it's wonderful hearing you guys and hearing the lack of exuberance. For such a film. <laughs> Say more about that, baby. Well, 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 first of all, I, I, to kick up to kick off the discussion because you know there's so many pieces, mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear about the experience of it coming out. And I don't know, Aubrey, if you remember when it came out. Can I say something real quick, Janaya? You were dressed exactly like the painting. <laughs> which discuss who's the artist of that painting <laughs> <laughs> that is a james joyceling original. original you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off yeah, but i, I, it was just I love weird. it it was just weird seeing your accessory accessory <laughs> but one thing i'll say before that babe yeah thing is you guys talked about the, the characters in the movie. The main character, 
the star of this movie was fame itself, mm. right? That this was an opportunity to see where the desire and journey for fame starts mm. for all of these people in different backgrounds, whether you're from the hood, whether you're homeless on the streets, whether your father's a cab driver, whether your mother is a stage mom in the making, whatever the thing, you can still light switch go on and you say, I want fame. Then what happens? You want fame, but do you have a skill? Mm -hmm. Do you have talent? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. One thing I'd say different, everybody didn't get into that school because they had talent, mm. right? Some of them maybe had, you know, potential. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them had, um, that's why they, you know. Um, that's why the one get chick got in, they didn't do well. Yeah, one yeah. of them, she didn't want to dance. Uh, she couldn't dance. She had no business mm -hmm. being in there as dance, but something else. Some people have a look and they go, you know what? This person looks like a movie star. Mm -hmm. Let's try to figure the rest of it out, mm -hmm. right? So there's all these pathways to, because fame, fame is not exactly a career. Fame is not wanting to live and get paid for something. Fame is very different. Ooh, that's, than, oh, that's so good because that in today, People want fame. Yes. They want so, attention. And that's very different from like what you want to think of, which is like a yes. celebrity. Which is why she said that's, the famous line. Yeah. You want fame, fame costs, right? Mm -hmm. She's talking about long lasting fame. Mm -hmm. If you want it, because you can be infamous, right? And 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 so I think that's the first thing I would say is that the lead character in this was the four years of fame itself mm. and the journey of it. Mm -hmm. And and then some people, did any of them really achieve it? No, see, the that, only, so but, Leroy at least got, he had a firm. We're Alvin Ailey. Mm -hmm. right. Yes, that, right. but other than that. Right, and, and, and the thing was with Leroy, Leroy had a charisma, which jumped him, he jumped the line, right? Leroy didn't come in there wanting any of that. Mm -hmm. Leroy came in there, Helping out, <laughs> all right? And somebody else was like, boom, he's got it. He's got it. And, and from, from a, I'm going to tell you, from a movie perspective, though, that was such a obvious setup, what they were doing. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean? Like, like when, when, when they came in together and, you know, she was just so over the She's top. The worst. That <laughs> you knew what they were, you knew what was going to happen at some point. Because it was, first of all, it was like, what is Leroy even doing here? But you know what? The the let me give you a real life example of what that was a microcosm of. When they were making the movie Juice, it's Tretch who went to audition. Yeah, Queen Latifah got him the audition. Pac only went with Tretch as his man, mm -hmm. but Pac had went to a performing arts high school and yeah. knew the other stuff. Mm -hmm. had the, had so the after charisma. Tretch left, Tretch couldn't read the on part. Tretch didn't know about acting. It was a hot mess. Tupac went in the room after him and got hired. Right? <laughs> so he was accompanying his boy, but he had the skill and the mm -hmm. charisma, mm -hmm. which is what Leroy, it was may have been um, presented badly, but Leroy showed up armed for it. He had a look, he had a body, he had a, a freedom and a couldn't care, which producers and people will go, oh, that's what we need. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. Whether he wants to do this or not, that's who we want. And so 
to me, that's the funny thing about fame. This movie to me was it showed fame ain't promised and you can chase it. Wherever you come from, you can try. You might get it, you're not gonna, you might not. Now, what I think going to the climate, what you're talking about, to me, why this movie is so seminal and one of the most seminal movies of all time in terms of the arts is this movie is a microcosm of hip hop. This movie is hip hop. If you go back, Rapper's Delight came out in 1979 in the summer-ish. Summer, fall 1979. This movie came out spring 1980, right next to each other. If you go to the beginnings of hip hop before Rapper's Delight, it didn't take talent, hip hop. Hip hop, hip -hop was who had courage, who could get on the mic, right? You didn't need skill because all you were doing was rocking the party. You were just like all the Virgos, all the ladies, all of this, all of that. You didn't tell no story. You didn't make stuff rhyme. You just had the balls to get up in front of a crowd. And the other elements of hip hop were the same thing. With dancing, if you could do the robot or whatever, you did something. If graffiti, if you put your name on a wall, it was initially who has the courage or the balls to do something in front of everybody else. But then what happens when people see that, some people balls get better at Balls or ovaries. Balls or ovaries. Balls or ovaries. <laughs> balls or ovaries. Even though I've seen many women, women don't say they got, I've never seen women claim ovaries. I see women claim balls, right? I really <laughs> did that. Just... I really did that for Aubrey. Okay. I did that to annoy Aubrey. I'm not gonna lie. Right. I really that was 100 to annoy Aubrey. Why are you, why I are see you women stuff? say I'm the man. Why, why are you starting stuff? Like we were doing this. What's happening? That was just for Gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going, man. I'm sorry. I knew what you were doing, but it just, still worked anyway. Just starting stuff. So, so I'm saying is, so when you start out and you had a crowd and you had people that did something to rock a party that was small time. But then what that does is the more you do anything, people get better at it. People start to distinguish themselves at it, mm -hmm. right? That's when a song comes out. Somebody decided, ooh, let's make Rapper's Delight. And then that made everybody else see, ooh, 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 ooh. We can get that from this. If we get better at it, if we chase that, that's fame, right? Rapper's Delight showed rocking the party at a block party. No, 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 no. They're on Soul Train. They're on TV. That rapping can get me fame, mm. right? And so no matter where you come from, you can get there quickly. And so all of a sudden, it became this thing of how do you chase the platform? How do you chase the fame of it? And so this movie kind of sort of did the same thing, maybe not with rap, but with anything else. If you aspired, realize there was no hip hop. There was no... Um, internet. There was no MTV. There was no anything. So even if you aspired to play an instrument, I don't know if you chased the fame of it, right? And then if you came from the hood, if you came from the ghetto, if you weren't homeless, if your family didn't have money, all these things, you really didn't think that stuff was possible. You kind of did stuff because you liked it. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, this movie shows you can come from there, you can be amongst like-minded people, it can be competitive, and it can be fun collectively, not just because all the skills, any skill you have, rapping, instrument, there's so much solitary woodshedding, right? Whatever it is. I don't care if you freestyle and if you join or whatever, you do that on your own by yourself. But here it showed doing something collectively, enjoying it, and some modicums of success from it. 
And so that's when you say about those schools, this showed everybody, oh, wow, this is what pursuit of art can be like. It can, and so all of a sudden you don't see the bad stuff. You don't see, you don't care that, well, you like that you see that Leroy can be You homeless. were so little when this came out though. That's what I'm- nine. Okay, right? all right. I was nine. Okay. Maybe, but then again, I was nine, but I was in the middle of hip hop. I was in the middle mm -hmm. of seeing it. Oh, like, and no, y'all will never get that. One day, rapping was on the radio. Do you understand? That is bananas. Like everything else before that, the radio was Motown. The radio was older people. And when you're nine, 20 is old as hell, right? Yeah. Like, everything is old, old. Michael Jackson was the only kid that you saw. And that was, for me, a cartoon, right? Because Michael was now old. But like, so kids all over the place saw that and related because hip hop had shown, wow, something you can do now can get you on TV, mm. can get you girls, can get you fame, can get you fame, mm. the word fame. And what's that name? I want to live forever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn how to fly. You know, some of that was whatever I'm doing that's small time. I just exist. I go to school. I live in this house. I got two parents. I got one parents. We're homeless. We ain't got light. We ain't got, we on welfare. Whatever the we is, all of a sudden you saw in a movie, I can get there mm -hmm. and I can have fun. And it made people that had no talent decide I want to go to performing arts high school. <laughs> okay, like, I want to have that fun. Something. I want the lunchroom to pop like that. <laughs> let me and tell you, know you something. Uh, I'm I enjoy hearing this more than actually watching that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything you're that. talking about, all, I was depressed. It took me like four hours to watch this movie. It's I kept stopping it. it as well. It's <laughs> like, well, I didn't, I didn't stop it. What is happening? It. I didn't stop it, but I had to keep. Wow. Rewinding. Rewinding. I was like, like all of this, with your, I, I wasn't feeling that from mm -hmm. this movie. Like, because I, I can appreciate the time frame, right? When this came out and things that it inspired. Um, now, let me be clear. I've done a little, I did a little theater in high school, you know, the, the different things like joined a little theater program on the outside. I'm really majority of that is because I was imitating my sister, but these, these things, you know, that were happening in this movie, I wanted it to be more, <laughs> more about what was happening in the school. Mm -hmm. We started getting into these lives. And I think that for me, I, I was just not expecting that. Right. Um, not that I didn't want it, but so, I just, I you, went did in. Did you have an awareness of the movie? What was your relationship to the movie before you just watched it for the podcast? Dancing in the street, fame, I want to live forever. And I mm. was thinking of Debbie Allen. But that, that, was, that, was, that was from the thing. show. That was from the show. Exactly. So no awareness. Because <laughs> I was watching the movie like, what? what? Debbie Allen's only here for three seconds. What's up? Yeah. Right? She had no oh, I didn't. I didn't know it was a movie until Janiah typed it in the thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, wow. you never heard that iconic line, if you want fame, fame costs? Well, that's from the- You um, knew it from the TV show, which is- It's from the opening of the- The TV show. The TV show. And I yeah, think that's so the difference. That's, you guys just it. explained the difference in not just the TV show and the movie, but the generational gap. When the movie came out, it was more about those lives than the dancing and they're performing. Mm. It was, I think that's the difference now. I think people go to it because of what the TV show did week to week with all of these songs, all these performances, all of this stuff. But just as a movie, 
what the movie really more embraced and showed was where people were coming from. The 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 New York, how eclectic it was. Like so, like, like what I'm telling you, everybody was black and Hispanic, but my block was theme. The family that had a kid who could dance, but his mother was a drug addict. The other ones who got kicked out and evicted, the this, the that. So that the life of it is what when the movie first came out, people hooked onto. And then somebody realized, wow, we can sell the arts, the dancing. Nobody went to the movie to see really the dancing. So that's an interesting, so interesting. thing, what time did, you know? Absolutely. But bro, because... bro, do you remember the television show? Like, did you watch the television show? I did. Um, the show I watched, but not regularly. But just because it wasn't... Um, my age at the time, I think that show was a little bit Yeah, that's it older. came out in 82. You know what I mean? So it, it wasn't considered bad, like you couldn't watch it or nothing. But it just it was something that yeah. Yeah, you know, like like I would watch sometimes, but it wasn't it wasn't something that would fully grab my attention. I, I think mom and dad probably actually watched it. Mm-hmm. And, and we might have I might have gotten it in sometime, you know. Mm -hmm. But that that was my um, I, like I couldn't remember an episode if you had yeah. wow, you know, and, and I think that I think that um, that was one thing about the feel of the movie in general that was it, it kind of felt like a television, like a long episode of TV, just in terms of cinematography and mm. like how it felt more so than watching a movie, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, that was one of the, and, and I could tell what they were doing as far as showing the little pieces of all of these uh, people's lives. But I do think it could have benefited from one through line, like a, like a story we were following without taking away from all of the other things that they were showing. But like, if I, if somebody, you could talk about from like a conceptual standpoint, like James is talking about, like this movie is about fame. You know, it's about it's about the concept of it. But as far as the plot, I don't know what I would say this movie was about. You know what I mean? Like 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 quickly. Like I don't know if I. Well, I it's not about this person who does this and you know all yeah, the interactions. It's, so it's matriculating, kind of. Yeah. It's like yeah. Right. But even when I think about what really struck me at the beginning you saying that it was at a budget of eight million and some change but it made 42 million i this country is so weird to me because i'm just like so we were really making a there was a lot of money that was made off of these very intense i don't want to use the word tragic but i want to say intense stories and I was just like, that to me, and then also wondering the real life part of it, how much did these people that were the ones that made this movie, how much did they make? What what did they make from this movie? How much, and then for some of them, I didn't see, it. I don't remember seeing any of them in anything else that I've, you know, grown up watching. And so I was just like, or maybe I just didn't see those things that they were in. And so I'm thinking about even that part. Mm -hmm. um, but I... I I I will never watch this movie again. But I will I can't 
I can't appreciate what it was trying to, what it was showing because everything is not always happy-go-lucky. When people walk away from situations and circumstances, they have real life. When you leave your job, you're leaving school. Um, there are so many children that when they go home for the weekend, they have no food until they come back to school on Monday. So, you know, it or gives you that. Or, or a hot lunch. <laughs> or they don't have a hot lunch. And so I wish that I would have had some sort of knowledge that that's what I was going to come into because the knowledge you do have about fame, it is from my, for, no, the, uh, let me rephrase that. The knowledge I had about fame was not any of what I was coming into. And so I was just like, oh, because I like to walk into movies and just be open and kind of learn. But when you have some sort of idea of what you think is going to happen, it changes it a bit because you're like, okay, I think there's going to be this. But I said, oh, no, <laughs> this movie's making me a little sad. But I think so, I mean, you said <laughs> two things. I wonder when you say a movie, when a movie is an accidental blockbuster success, right? That's tricky where... Like, it's one thing when Oprah produces Color Purple and you know what it's going to do. You kind of know already because it has a track record. It has whatever. You're getting stars. But if you're making a movie that you didn't expect to blow up, how do you pay or compensate people who, because contracts don't allow, unless you're a celebrity or a star, for back-end residual money right they just don't mm. so so if i hire you if i say look i'm making this movie and i think i'm going to make 10 million dollars i'd be lucky if i make 10 it costs eight i'll make 10 two million dollars is a lot of money whoop de do but all of a sudden it makes breakout stars and it does whoop de whoop how do i compensate those people i don't know that answer even as an actor myself who I just know contracts and stuff. You get paid a rate. That's what you got paid. If you're a star, you can generate, I want percentage and points and box office, this and residual that. But none of those people thought or expected it to do what it was going to do. So that's tricky. And the second thing I think, I think shows, I think over time does a thing. When we see Glee and when we see all those other shows, they made it more fun and engaging and and they made it what you expected mm -hmm. so the tricky thing is when you're cashing in on something and doing something should you change the name and do something else and riff off of it but move forward or are you going to be true to whatever originally it was because i think all of different arts and everything there was a movie called kids that wasn't about arts oh that was rough kids was rough Whoa. but it was a, a a lens have you seen that bro and sis you guys ever heard of nope. seen kids? Oh. that was just a lens into listen when you want to lower a, east side when you're having a really great day and you want yeah. to just really come down off of that and feel depressed <laughs> like brit said you will never watch it twice you won't watch it oh you won't right i've, I've actually seen Seen it a couple times. Oh, but, wow. yeah, say it's that. called Kids. It's it's yeah. the movie that introduced Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Okay, I think Chloe Sevigny um, might have been her first movie too. Yes, they should have called it. But Kids she, in tricky circumstances. But uh. she didn't really do. <laughs> she didn't really right? do much. 
But there's that, there's Hoop Dreams, which is a documentary about basketball. Some of those things, when they're first, they sink in, tell a story, whatever. But then what they influence. Yeah. People take what was liked or successful from that, build on the parts that we can sell and market. So when mm -hmm. somebody sees fame, right, they go, oh, wow, people love the music and the dancing. Let's make a show and let's get rid of that other stuff. Or well, let's figure out how to give less of what the people didn't want, what slowed it down. I, 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 for me, uh, I didn't have, from, I didn't have a, a real expectation one, one way or the other. But for me, it wasn't that, like if you watch kids, kids is pretty much that tone is that, that movie has that tone for the whole movie you know um but like this movie would go from that tone to where it was starting from they took it real far for example with the uh see what was the girl's name coco mm -hmm. um and when they were going further and further i'm like wow this is getting deep in the scene is basically when you know she ended up going to the guy's house and figuring out that he's um, basically shooting from what we hope stopped that low budget porn. That, that, you know what I mean? They kind of went away from the um, scene. They kind of cut away from it. But what I'm saying is that scene was heavy and, and, right. and going from where you were, you know what I mean? It, 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 like this is a movie where you'll have that and you'll also have like the random not random, but the dad coming and playing the you know the main song out of out of his cab, so that everybody starts dancing to it, and like those moments almost felt like they were from different movies for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and to have them that that's so interesting. But but yeah. But the reason why I'm saying it is because of the flow of it, though. It's not that they couldn't. It's just that it would go from from one direction all the way to the other direction without a real like feeling for it. You know what I mean? Even when we went to the scene of, of you know, the main scene where they're singing the title song, it just felt like they just did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it was just, you know, they had been setting up that the dad wanted him to, mm -hmm. you know, do more with his music, but the way they actually executed it was just like, all right, we're just going to, you know, he'll it, just pull was, up and start. It was jagged. You're saying it was yeah. jagged, which yeah. which I get. But the interesting thing about that is the funny thing about arts are like, it is that jagged. So like mm. you look at performing arts high school, most of the kids from the Cosby show got plucked right out that school while they were there. And yet some of those kids, their high career point was getting pulled out put in the Cosby show and you're all of a sudden your Theo's best friend or your Vanessa's boyfriend. And then boom, who knew that you, you maxed out technically. Mm -hmm. I'm only saying maxed out career on camera. Cause you may have went on to have a very productive life successful, but what everybody knows you for the high point is that the fame, you, know, the fame you were yeah. whoever you were, um, Robert, who played Vanessa's boyfriend, he's an actor. He's married to Sally Richardson right now, all of these things. But what do people still know him as? The boy he was plucked out of the, te the 
11th grade or whatever grade to play that. So success or the opportunity can come when it comes. One of the things they mentioned, I'm curious to know, and I didn't tell it to Janai when we were watching it. Do you guys know who Freddie Prince was or is? I meant to Google about that. The Freddie Prince. Freddie Prince born. came from performing arts. Mm -hmm. And right after that, the comedy hit, ascended. He hit Hollywood. He was, um, he was, got his own show called Chico and the Man. I've heard of that right? Chico and the Man. And the fame, the stardom happened. It rocketed so fast. And he was a contemporary with Jimmy Walker, who was on um, Good Times at the time, playing JJ. A lot of other people that you know now are famous. He killed himself, shot himself in the head. Got to be in his 20s, late 20s or so. But he couldn't handle the pressures and everything. It happened so jagged, so fast, that he literally went from high school to being all over Hollywood to being on this show and Freddie Prince, I don't know how old he was when he did it. He was 22, I'm looking it up now. He was 22 years old. 22, think about that. He mm -hmm. was three years out of performing arts high school and had his own show on NBC and it was the biggest thing and Freddie Prince was the man. But, and he was a comedian and he was a contemporary of all of these people who went on to have Long, long careers, the George Carlins, the Robin Williams, Jimmy Walker, all those people, he was right. You can look up documentaries on Freddie Prince and yet he had demons and yet he wasn't equipped. And supposedly this school was about grounding you and letting you know, giving you a foundation to have a long career, but also exposing you to the other things in life because that fame may come quick, it may go fast, all these other things. And so that was what was really, to me, but I guess, again, age gap. At that time, you got to realize you're watching fame. I'm nine. I knew Freddie Prince was, because I remember when Freddie Prince, when he shot himself, you know, the news. So there was so many things why, for me, I guess, it's an age gap of fame wasn't about the singing and dancing. Like the TV show said, we just want to do the singing and dancing. You know what? The, I, I will. Sh I thank you for sharing that, James. I meant to look that up. I, um, it's a perfect example of the jaggedness. And I will say, bro, I didn't struggle with the jaggedness because what I thought they were doing was showing us like the way that these kids were living in extremes. Mm -hmm. Like Leroy, he comes to school when he's in dance class, he's killing it. It's like, oh my gosh, you're so good. He goes to English class. He cannot read. Can't, it, can't read. Um, you know, he- R. Kelly is illiterate. You know that. R. Kelly can't read. See. See what I mean? Like yeah. what I'm saying is a singer or performer who can do one thing well. That's right. One thing well. That's right. But the other things in his life, he didn't, I don't want to say care, he didn't pay attention to in that way. And then do y'all, I don't know if y'all would know the, how many people came from those schools that people don't know that story. Yeah. So you wow. look at Al Pacino, Listen. Robert De Niro, um, Billy D. Williams, they all went there. We don't know Arthur, if they could read. Eartha Kitt, Liza Minnelli, Jennifer Aniston. Let me tell you something. It's a long name. Everybody went there. So and many. All we know about the them really is that they're good at one thing. We know nothing about their life. We well, don't Leroy's know if they character. Can read, if they could write their criminal records. Well, I'll tell you this. I know Leroy's character's tale should have got expelled after he tore up all them bookshelves. After he, yes. But, I said, I was like, oh, so clearly this is his last year. But I say, because but, he just cost his $1,000. And I was like, wait. I went to a high school. I went to, I went to Brooklyn Tech, a specialized high school where, where mm -hmm. one of my best friends stabbed somebody in the school. 
He didn't get kicked out. You know, I, I was just going to say, didn't get kicked out. Grace is say it's like when, when, I love Grace. when something happens like that with a child, it's almost like it should be a call to action to me from the school more mm -hmm. than a kick them out. Yeah, yeah. I saw guns what and all happened? type of stuff in school and kids got busted without getting kicked know? out. It's it's a weird mm -hmm. thing. And I guess also, I keep saying the times change. Yeah. Now you'd get kicked out. You'd get kicked out now. Back then, eh, I mean, the stuff that went well, on. Well, so I, I definitely understand him still being there, right? Like, don't get me wrong. But you don't see any conversation. Yeah. Like there is no, are there consequences? Are there repercussions? Are there, listen, Leroy, we're going to get you some help. You can't read, but you got to be able to read if you're going to stay here. Like, or other than this English teacher just yelling at him and telling him yeah, that, 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 that was, he can't that, write. That was, was another, like, that was what another, is happening? Yeah, that was another piece of- How did he get to like, senior how, year? How right. That's writing. the question. How did he get to senior year? Like, just based <laughs> off they of never, they never, They never address it. And they mm -hmm. and even when you think they're going to address it, like when he was trying to read on his own and stuff like that, mm -hmm. they never developed that to understand how you know what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And each time you would think you were waiting for maybe the teacher's gonna help him or just something from a storytelling standpoint that would make it flow together. But what what, what I will say though is I did get a feeling of, I have movies, I'm trying to think of an example, kind of like House Party, right? Or, or where where there is more than the movie itself, it just captured a feeling of time. Mm -hmm. And that is what I felt like I was watching. And what I, you know, knowing that the movie was successful uh, and hearing James talk, I think, where I, when I was watching this, it must be like, this must just have had a feeling at the time. Because yes. how that, old were you when you saw House Party, Aubrey? How, how old were you when House Party came out? How, I guess, 13, 12. It was in your wheelhouse. 12, yeah. 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 So, exactly. So, no, no, yeah. What you're so, saying is House Party was your fame, the way fame I, was for me. That That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like the movie itself capitalized on a feeling. And when I'm talking about like the story, I'm just talking about the technical of how it went together. You know what I mean? Just, right. but, but I could also see that if you were somebody in 19, I, it wasn't surprising to me that the movie popped off. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, the, if it was the eighties and it, I could see everybody, it was probably different. You know what I'm saying? Even Something the that, diversity that I was yeah. reading about that, the diversity in the cast diversity. was special at the time. Yeah. It, it showed you what you had now. never seen before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It showed you what you hadn't seen. So when you are under, rather not even under, when you're unrepresented and suddenly you see it, you see you in some way, whether it's the arts or not, even just, you didn't even have movies or shows that showed high school kids. Mm-hmm. You didn't even have that. So all of a sudden, you had people, whether they wanted fame or not, you simply saw kids going through stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And so on so many levels, I think that's what, it's later that people who are good businessmen said, no, 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 no. Singing and dancing works. Let's have a show with that. And then they go, but we can, let's pull back on some of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I bet you, and I, I watched the show, it addressed Leroy like, like um, Aubrey is saying, addressing 
the kids with problems when you have time. But in a two-hour movie, all of a sudden, you're stuck in how much time do you want to... Four years of school, two hours, you've got a half an hour, basically, for each year of these kids' lives. And they chose right? to have eight, seven or eight subjects. I mean, seven or eight subjects. Lot. That was the other thing. It was a, it was a, it was a lot. So much. It was a lot, was a lot of, of people to focus, focus on, and which didn't get me really drawn in with any of them. And I think you know that was how so whenever whenever I am looking at a movie that is showing a long time frame, like over time, mm-hmm. I always how do you jump? Well, I always think of the movie Beaches because somehow in Beaches, they managed to go from when these two women were children all the way through, you know, well into adulthood. And you didn't and it worked. There's two so, women because there's two women. I know, but but I'm just saying there's a way to do it. And maybe it's by mm-hmm. not having eight. Right, you know, but it, I don't know what the, what the ratio is, right. but it was a large ensemble cast. Right, we'd have to ask what was their goal, what were they trying to do? Yeah, right, because it's like, I think it's about there's always going to be what we want. Did they give us what we want? Did they fail at what they're trying to do? And I think I get that they. I wonder if if you're trying to show the congestion, the 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 um assembly line nature of these kids coming through this, because it happens in sports all the time. There are kids in sports, in schools, who get to college, and you go, wait a second, who passed them? How'd they get out to sixth grade? Mm-hmm. How'd they get out to eighth grade? How'd they get to college? And it's like, is it the teachers giving up? Is the teachers not caring? Is the teachers saying, well, the world's going to do right by this person because they're beautiful, or because they're talented, <laughs> or whatever? It's a system failing a kid. I think that's what we're saying, is that the system failed this boy that had anger issues and couldn't read. Yeah. But if the movie was if, just about Leroy, that might have been interesting. That would be movie. different. But did the absolutely well, yeah, because successful dancer. Yeah. Because you could because you could even have you could still have all these little stories. But if we were just following Leroy through this and then or any one of them. Any one of them. But I think Leroy would have been an interesting one. He would have been interesting. Like, like that would have been an interesting, like if you saw him waking up in the morning. Especially since he didn't even intend to audition. That's what I'm saying. He would have been. Like if you could see him going through his day before he even got there. Yes. And like, just quit. You know what I mean? But like, like it it would have gave an interesting thing to kind of keep you anchored. But um. Well, let me let me just because I'm looking at our time, y'all. The last thing I say before I go, though, let me give you this one thing. I'm, no, because we're not we're not we're just gonna move on from story oh, because we yeah. got to talk about some of the other aspects. Yeah. But, but what you guys are saying, mm-hmm. think about it. in real life, Leroy went to that school and they kicked him out. He did that actor. So, <laughs> in in real life, what happened is not what happened in the movie, right? He couldn't hack the structure of the school. And they kicked him out in real life, but yet in the movie they didn't kick him out. So that's an interesting what you're saying, yeah. right? Is that when whatever he couldn't conform to, they're like, "Well, then you can't stay here." Mm-hmm. So that says that the school itself did have some sort of structure and attempts that the movie failed to accurately portray. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. And I and talking about Leroy, he's a great segue to kind of talk about the casting and the actual performances because we've talked about the story now, y'all. Yeah. I want to invite us to talk about like the actual casting. 
and I'll I'll kick us off. I gotta say, I thought those they were actual kids first of all, because we always talk about like yeah, they, they whoever yeah. goes to Greece, you de- like, yeah, you definitely felt so like these were they go to Greece high school people. They were <laughs> yeah. so talented, and I I thought the casting was really well done. The only casting I struggled with was with um the guy who played um you know the Ralph. Ralph the guy who played Ralph. Yeah, because the actor, his name was Barry Miller. And I looked him up to see if he was Puerto Rican. (laughs) That's weird. And I just don't think he was. So because there was so much of the story that was about him working through that, Mm -hmm. I wish that they had cast that role potentially differently. Um, And again, maybe Barry Miller does have a connection to that heritage and I just didn't find it with my Google search. But... um, that was the only person. Everything else, I I thought I I just really appreciated the casting. I thought the acting was really good. I was expecting to see Debbie Allen more because yeah. my memory of fame is the television. Is Debbie Allen? But I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that my memory of fame, and I don't even want to say memory, but like my understanding of it is the TV show because I don't. I had a couple of, of glimpses of the movie in my memory banks because I was telling James about certain scenes that I remembered. So mm-hmm. I knew I had seen the movie. But what I m- remember more than anything is Debbie Allen. And she wasn't, she was, and actually we have some trivia about that. So Debbie Allen had originally tried out for Coco and she was rejected for that role. Really? But she was cast as Lydia and Lydia was originally supposed to be Coco's young rival. A student. A student. Not a teacher. Wow. That's and, so- but what actually happened was they ended up through editing, cutting down that role, essentially to prevent her from outshining Irene Cara and the other young cast members. And and doesn't it justify now what I told you? When I watched the movie, right, with, with her, remember, Debbie Allen was lusting after Leroy. Yes. She was licking her lips, biting her lip. She was, and it was like, whoa, this is a bit You're of- a teacher. Show a teacher fiending for this kid because she was a student, but she was a student, so yeah. it makes sense now. Absolutely, because it was so yeah. uncomfortable. I said, "What's it happening was right now?" Right, like, she was like, she wanted to, she wanted to jump that that student's bones, but right. she was another student. But I will say this: I don't that even makes, know that, how that, this that will... even makes how she showed up make more sense. Yeah, I won't. I don't even know how this will come across. But I know we're talking about representation. I think everyone was casted well, but yeah. there were no there were no black women in this movie, and so who were actual like the one that we saw was the one that couldn't dance that was dancing with Leroy. Was, oh yeah, I don't know what was happening. But in terms of just the main cast, there were not like this is an African American. You don't consider well, Coco. Mean, you don't consider Coco as I a mean, black woman. Cara, she she identifies as an Afro Latina, but. Right, it's and, not, and, and talking about this. Right, no, no, but absolutely. You talking like, about adults, or not even? No, I'm talking about actual children. But even if with her being an Afro Latina, right, I don't have any issue with that. But I almost think that's cheating, right? That's cheating in the sense of like we have black and Hispanic women in this right now, and we put it in one person. And so I just really felt like there there weren't. Not that we have to have one. Let me be clear. We don't always have to have it, but I do want to talk about like we're in Brooklyn and none of these are, none of these people are like a, a a black woman that we're like identifying 
as this black woman. And so I, that is the one part. And it wasn't even a struggle. It was just something I noticed. It didn't take away from the movie or anything like that. Uh, But I thought the casting was amazing. Everybody did an amazing job. Um, And I thought that it was on point. Everybody was extremely talented. Like even in the, the me feeling so low after this movie was done, (laughs) when they tried to raise me up with the last scene. And I was like, I am depressed. I feel like everybody left and now is on crack. And so I, (laughs) which y'all know, I love to bring up a good crack rock in the movie. Uh, But it was, (laughs) I was just like, oh yeah, she did. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm like, oh, everyone here is on a life of drugs at the end of this movie. And so, or doing porn. And so I was just like, oh, What's happening? But outside of that, I was just like, this is, they did a great job of pulling me in to these stories to where I felt the weight. And I think it's important to name that because everything doesn't always have to end in how, you know, musicals. And y'all know, if if you've been listening to the podcast, y'all know my jam is a rom-com. And so everything doesn't always end in that way. Sometimes you are left right there with the breakdown on stage when you're supposed to be doing comedy you're left right there with the you're in a strange man's apartment and he's telling you to take your clothes off you're left right there uh with no you can't read and you should be uh you are are risking an opportunity with one of the most amazing dance companies in the united states in the world really that you are now on the hinge of not being able to do it because you the educational side you can't do um and so and even in that story it was a little bit complex even when he went the teacher was all of a sudden her husband was sick and he went to go see her and I was just like oh there's so much going on does anybody's story end and so (laughs) yeah and and, and that also leading up to the last performance I it kind of took away from the performance for me because it just felt like it kind of just happened. And then at the end, it was like- The credits. Okay. <laughs> like, 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 like well, so I'm saying- I need a fame too. So I'm saying the- the I'm working on it. The performances for me- Exactly. Were impacted by how the movie was flowing. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so like, because I was just having this feeling of- Okay, where did this come from? Like, like for example, the way they, I know I spoke about it before, but we're talking about the performances. The way they set up the fame, the title song, it just felt wedged into me. Mm-hmm. So because it was just wedged in when I was watching it, I just had this feeling of, man, this just kind of came out of nowhere. So I couldn't really get and i know that's not the point but it's like i can't really get into yeah what was popping because it's like and, and then yeah. the, and then even how like you think about how this could happen like turning up that song in that one car with the speakers that could not have been super awesome in that cab and to just see this <laughs> no, whole special speakers on top that he had put on top just to do this yeah that's right that's right. Because the guy knocked the speakers down and started the fight. Yeah. But I'm saying, oh, that's what made me, that's what made me, because once they knocked him down, but the sound didn't change. Am I wrong in that? <laughs> it it, it did change. Yeah, the sound didn't so, so I'm saying, it was, that was what I was feeling, was okay. 
I, I was feeling something. I, I thought it was because of the car speakers, but I think it was because when he knocked the stuff down, it was already a stretch. Like it wouldn't sound it like that. I don't care what kind of speakers you got. It would the street would have just been filled with you know what I'm saying. Especially but, that New York Street. Uh, yeah, but but when they knocked off the stuff and the sound didn't life. change at all, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess y'all are just not even trying to have this. It, you know, it's like okay, this is just a music video in the middle of yeah the reality. Mm-hmm. Well, so, actually, actually, that's a good segue to the to the music, bro. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna tell you something right now. That Irene Cara, you got oh, she's it, Irene Cara. Yeah. Now she passed away just 2022, I believe. Recently, it was. I'm gonna yeah. look it up. Yeah, I think it was 2022 because I looked her up. I was like, man. Her voice is amazing. I'm like, oh, man, what what did oh, she do man. after that? November and then I saw that. And every boy me was head over heels in love with some Irene. She's beautiful. I'm head over every heels boy beautiful. was like, she was, she shot to the top of every boy's dreams. Even with them bad. age. I was like, she's beautiful with, with these bad. And, and boys wanted to go to school and find <laughs> their Irene Cara at that death before the <laughs> But it's so interesting because as much as, again, her talent is apparent, she has not, she didn't have like longevity superstardom, you know? Um, So fame, her, her story of fame is, is interesting uh, because she clearly is talented. I mean, so, but in her voice, I was wondering if there were times that I, is she sounded like, is it Donna Summers that has that similar type of voice? Okay. Because oh, I was like, wait, I was confused. I was looking at the movie and I was like, I was like, God, yeah, something don't look like that. And I, I was so confused for like five so right. seconds. It's similar, not only were the voices similar, but that vibe of the songs they had. Yes, yes. Donna Summer vibe. <laughs> yes. And so then you got to look at that time. Donna Summer was already in the lane. So then, mm-hmm. okay, what are you, there were all the options which is tricky about, I wonder, what is, when you show something like that in any arts thing, whether it's Glee now or that then, most of these students are not going to have careers in this. Most of you mm-hmm. are not. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know. I wonder, is that something you tell them? No, because you're encouraging the dreams and you're saying pursue and chase. And at the same time, you're trying to say, I guess we need to teach you other things like English and math and whatever. But most of you are not going to yeah. have careers in what you're spending four years in this school doing. Yeah. How do you manage expectations? Around and that's that? life anyway. Most people in college don't get careers in what they make. Yeah, that's the first thing they said to us. And, 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 and look to your left, look to your right. Those people Listen, will be they you. will not. Yeah. Will not <laughs> and if it wasn't true, by the end of the first semester of freshman year, there were so many people that were not in my dorm anymore. Yeah, it was true. And it man. was for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Was Doris the first TV groupie? No, I'm joking when I say it like that. <laughs> yeah. What I mean is, she didn't know that boy when she stepped up to him. Let me get you, um, sign my book. And oh, so you're going on to be this. And then the, a year later, he, went, he, he didn't know who she yeah, was. Yeah, that, that was an interesting, like stuff like that. Could it, that I think that is what kind of bothered me the most is that I could see ways that all this could have worked. That yes. you 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 couldn't you didn't have to take away everybody anything for real if you could have just because that was an interesting storyline 
of of this dude. You can see he wasn't fully leaning into it, but he was kind of feeling it like, yeah, I'm about to blow up. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, right, but he was. wasn't arrogant. But yes. then to see that happen all the way, you know, to later, that could have been a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And it was also things. There was one thing I wanted to say that was interesting to me about the um the over just something that happened where the guy was talking. What was the guy's name who wanted to do the electronic stuff? Barry. Barry. Wait, that's the actor's name. <laughs> yeah, whoever, whoever, you know, him. Yeah, yeah, but keyboard man. But I um yeah, it was interesting watching him talk about how it was going to be. And how it's exactly playing Bruno Martelli. Bruno, that's not yeah. And how he was talking about how it's gonna be, and it's exactly like that. You know what I mean? There was a um another artist, I can't remember his name. Oh man, it's it's gonna kill me. But anyway, it, there's a video clip of him. It was way back in like the 60s, and he was talking about like, yeah, you know, I could see it was like 60s or 70s. It was like I see, you know, one person playing to an entire um stadium and you know maybe they will have some type of recording device or you know and i'm just saying it was interesting to see bruno uh so that would in terms of performances and why i was it was interesting watching that because it's like we know the end of what he was doing even more than he does at the time yeah and i thought that whoever designed that character that way definitely had some vision about what was going to happen? Oh, Bruno was right. But I didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing. So that's a beautiful thing. When he talked about, we don't need instruments anymore. Because one person's going to be able to keyboard, play it all, and do it all. And that became like a horrible thing. With That was the beginning of stopping teaching kids music in schools. That was also a change, the 80s sound. Why the stuff, those keyboards and things that replaced instrumentation, make the 80s music sound the same. Like a very distinct, like um, auto-tunes-ish, you know, sound. And Bruno was so right in saying, this is the future. But then Mr. Shirovsky was right in saying, being in an ensemble and learning a craft of an instrument is also necessary. So it, 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 they were making an incredible argument that would play out over the next yeah, time. Yeah, and that and that part of it, I think they did a good job of of showing balance. I do th- because even though everything was, like I said, very dramatic from one <laughs> mood to the next sometimes, oh. I do think they did a good job of showing all sides. I just wish it would have kind of went together better, but yeah. they did show all sides. And I think that that conversation oh. you're talking about is is oh. very you know, a good he, representation he of a, it. He would have been another good central character. Because even his home life would have been Oh, good. yeah. That would have been another good one. To see the yeah, he would have been, been another good one. Those parents were down for him. Yep. And, 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 for him. and seeing him come up with, you know, stuff in his basement somewhere, that would have that been, he could have been a good yeah. um, character as well. But I think that that part, like James talked about, really represents well because I'm getting some um some DJ equipment, right? And this equipment that I'm getting is phenomenal, but it's very up to date. You know what I mean? It's very and what it's going to do is I'm gonna 
I'm not going to have to do some of the steps that previous DJs did to, to, to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? And I think I, I get kind of, I go back and forth about that because on one way, it's like, yeah, that's what's happening. But on the other way, you know, somebody can say to a DJ back then, like, oh, you using records? We only had eight tracks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's always going to be the the advancement and people thinking and another side where it's like, this is, you know, this is how it should really be. And, then, you know, the other, and, and the truth is somewhere in between there. And I, I'm just saying that I feel like if I was given a, po a positive in this movie, that it shows that the truth doesn't really lie in any extremes in this circumstance it's somewhere muddy it's murky you know what i mean in in the middle of all it is and i'm just saying i think that that's the part that was one of the perfect examples of i that. think there's something else to speak to just even to what you're saying bro it's how what fame is now um it has evolved the platforms have evolved right so where at one point you got to move to new york you got to move to la you gotta you know you have so to true. do these things no 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 you need to start a youtube channel you get a following Catch on instagram yep. one time. you can't you, you, you know you you find a, a like i have one tiktok video that has thirty five thousand mm -hmm. views right like in that moment, I could have capitalized off that. I didn't because social media is overwhelming. But it's just one of those things where you can go from literally one day, I think about Tabitha Brown's story, where she in one day from videos she had been recording for months doing Ubering, and she went in one day to thousands of views to, by, by the end of the year or by the end of that month um a, a store brand was reaching out to her to be the representative for their this particular breakfast sandwich that she had talked about so i just think about how different and and, and to also point that out prior to that she's been doing acting for years she had moved out to california twice and so i think about how these different platforms do make becoming famous very different where someone had to, you know, live with 17 people and do all these different things and come back and be away. You don't have to necessarily do that same thing. Now, is it a different type of grind? Yes, because where fame is a little, to me, back in the day, having a bit more lasting, a, a bit more longevity and how it will work. Possibly now, if you're just as good as the video you did last week, Right. Like if you don't do something else the same week or the following week or something to keep up with that. Um, or that is another conversation. Right. Is it still the same thing? Is it still that you're you're just as good as your last movie? You're just as good mm -hmm. as your last character. You're just as good as these last things. And so this this overarching theme that James introduced to us at the top, just about fame being its own character and standing there um, and the elements of it of, you know, how bad do you want it? And then how much do you want to keep it? And then also the things that come along with it and what that looks like and what right. sacrifices might be ha have, may have to be made, but how those things all look and how they come together is so different with every generation and with every, I guess you could say iteration of how fame looks and who knows what it's going to be like 10 years from now. 
Right. You know what, what you, it's going to be. You have just, okay, this is, you just gave me an opportunity for a trivia. Because the a movie title Fame, there's something about that title that is kind of evergreen. You know what I mean? Fame, even though what it means may morph a little bit, you hear fame, you got a sense of, it, it feels it feels a little timeless. There were other titles though. Um, so the original title was Hot Lunch but they had to change it because there was a porno film with the same title. Oh, you weren't, you weren't joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> it was real. I thought you were, I thought you so, were joking from, and then, you know, and then, from earlier. Right. <laughs> and then MGM executives had submitted a list of suggestions. Get ready. Razzle dazzle. Yes. Break a leg. <laughs> glitter. Stage struck. Reach for the sky. Anyway, but it's just this. Is, it Thank is, you for whoever came up with fame. <laughs> Thank you. Because no, all, all of those titles, talking about break a leg. All those titles would have been too actually, light. He decided oh, yeah. to call the film Fame because he, he asked David Bowie if he could borrow the title of his song Fame off his Young Americans album from 1975, which contains the lyric Fame. What you get is no tomorrow. Fame puts you there when things are hollow. So uh, that's how that's where he got the title from. But something Britt said, and and taking back on what Aubrey said was, I would I would wonder with fame, if you had a school or a film, if you followed the pursuit today, and included social media, how are you going to approach and and use that to get fame? Mm -hmm. If you included yeah. other aspects of oh yeah. Um, performance, like when you're talking about DJs and DJ equipment and how now DJs, maybe 20 years ago or so, DJs became music producers mm -hmm. in a way where they, 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 they jumped all into creating the music, mm -hmm. right? Not just playing it, playing it also, but creating it too. I can even remember when Questlove used to um, DJ and play the drums live along to stuff he was playing. And all of those type of, how today would you prepare young people for their future fame? Right. How to use the internet? How to use TikTok? How to use, because well, now even like we throw around this word plant a lot now. Everybody now gets accused of being a plant. This one's a plant, that was a plant. And what they call a plant is someone oh. who showed up and got it all too quickly. So now are they serving the agenda of somebody else who's funneling money to somehow surreptitiously, you know, send a message. And so now like the rapper, is it is it name Ice Spice? Oh Lord. Ice Spice? This yeah. a rapper now. Yeah, the wrong in. generation for me, bro. So I think it's, I, I, there's a Spice. That, that's there. her name. Ice Spice is it? Is a girl? Ice, yeah, it's a woman. It's a woman. Okay. Ice Spice, that's her name. In. She has jumped in and already She's on the level of Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And people are like, wait a second. At least with the other two, you saw them coming. Megan was always an MC. Cardi B came from a reality show and whatever. But this one jumped up and all of a sudden has hit records. And no one can remember when she was an up and comer. She was just doing the craft. So they're like, no, 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 no. There, I don't know whether it's true or not. I don't listen to them to that music, but 
people are saying, how did she jump the line? Who's behind her? She didn't prepare. She didn't grind. She didn't do any of those things on the way up to her fame. But who's to say she just didn't figure out her own great shortcut? Mm. And maybe in a new fame school, you're teaching. How do you make your own shortcut? Yes. Along they have to. They have to be incorporating these things into curriculum. They have to. Right. You know, um, if they're not talking about social media in terms of like self-promotion self in schools of performance, they're doing those kids a disservice. They've got to be doing it. And I think in all of our generations, what fame is has changed. Mm -hmm. It used to be you did something well and got famous for it. Mm -hmm. Now get famous first, mm -hmm. and that may allow you to do something well. Yeah. James Jorsling, thank you so much for, for being our the very first guest of The Right Perspective. Thank you. I do wish your she daughter- was the first guest. I was the second guest. The second guest. The first guest. I wish your daughter had been better behaved today. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to invite both of you to leave right now. Okay, come on, Skylar, Skylar. It was so great having a guest, y'all. <laughs> yeah, think was. about what other guests we might have. <laughs> but, but, bro, why don't you take us to the vote? Yes, I um. It's not a. This is. It, it does not get my leg warmers, but I didn't feel negatively about the movie. I just kind of felt nothing. You know what I mean? So, it's, so it, it was like I didn't. I, I saw. I was like, man, this could be cool. You know, there were times I would completely just lose my train of thought, and I would have to rewind and. Like I said, but I'm not saying like I I know this sounds weird, but I don't feel like I like I had a negative experience. Like it was like this is just a horrible movie, but it was just so I didn't feel you know. So I, I for that it can't be a classic from my perspective. Bro, everything you're saying really resonates. I didn't hate this movie. I didn't love this movie. I yeah. I um. It was one of those movies, I'm not going to lie to y'all, I didn't really take notes. Well, because you wrote It wasn't, there was like, what's happening? I don't right. know. But it, it, so, you know, I think that I tried to watch it, a, a pilot, the pilot episode of the television show to see if it had a different feel to it that um, might have been something that I could embrace. And, um, you know, it was a little better because obviously they were flushing out the characters more. Right, right, you know? right. And also um, for the pilot episode, like the Irene, the um, the Coco character, she was a sophomore. So the, the teachers already knew her, you know? So in the very first episode, she had a history a little bit, you know? And then Debbie Allen, she's the main, you know, dance teacher. So that was exciting to watch because of course she does a great job. Um. So I, I, I honestly feel like if we had done the television show, I might, or, or done a combo, I think I might have, I might land in a different place, but with just the movie, it just, it just, it didn't strike me as something I would yeah. seek out watching again. Um, maybe I'm just too young. Cause it's not even like, it gave me a sense of nostalgia that it was helping me to capture or anything, you know? Um, now it doesn't mean I don't respect the movie. I respect the movie, but it's just, it's not a classic for me. It just didn't, it didn't hit me in a way that was special. 
And even with all the great context that James provided and that I found on the internet for the film, it's still to me, I guess what I'm saying is I acknowledge it and respect that it has its place, an important place. Yeah. For me, it's just not a classic. You know, um, I can, I, the sentiments you both have expressed, like I said at the top of the podcast, I will never watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, there's no way around that. But I will say, right, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just, I appreciate the moment in time. I can appreciate the stories of it. Um, I'm not, it's, it's weird because it's like, not even like, oh, the directing was terrible. Like it wasn't any of that. Yeah. It was the cinematography was really great as well. Like they gave you the dramatic parts that you needed and, you know, all these things, but I just did not enjoy it. Um, and it could be based off of expectation. There may be some that say, mm, your palette for movies is immature. You know, it could be any of those things. And that is fine, 100%. But I just, I just did not enjoy it. But I will say that I appreciate the conversation that develops from it. Mm. Now that that is something that I love. I love the conversation that comes from it because it's so nuanced and it's so deep. um, And it can take you into so many different areas just about life and society and what it means and what people are willing to do to, to make sure that you remember them. Mm. to make sure that their name goes down in history. And so um, with with that, uh, I will say it does not get my leg warmer, but I will say that it has my respect. And I will say for the fame television show franchise, I've never, I don't remember watching it. Um, I just remember knowing it. This is one of those things where, you know, you grew up knowing something, but you don't know where it came from or you knew where it came from, but you've never actually seen it. Mm-hmm. So even the forever's like, you want fr- fame, fame cause. Like, have I ever actually seen that episode? The answer is absolutely not. I haven't. And so, but do I know where it's from? Yes. So I appreciate what the show did uh for our for for society and for culture and those different it things. did make me want to watch the show yes it de- absolutely i, I do want to check it out for even with everything i said it did kind of make me want to it makes it interesting it. absolutely yeah. absolutely because the kinds of questions like you know even just some of that deeper stuff of like the pros and cons of having an over overbearing parent um and that line between overbearing parent and advocate parent you know, the piece about being a, f- a friend with a person that bullied you, you know, kids yeah. and substance abuse. Um, there's just so many little pieces that in a show could get pulled apart. Well, there you have it, you all. Fame, the movie, the original from 1980 is not a classic from the right perspective, but it has intrigued us. We will <laughs> independently and individually investigate the TV show. From that started that kicked off in 1982. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for bearing with us. Skylar today obviously was not in a podcasty mood. Um, <laughs> so thank you for hanging in there with us, y'all. Um, and thank you, bro and sis. Love you. Talk love you. Later. Love you too. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you. Bye.